thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We got a great show tonight. Yes, sit down, sit down, relax. Take it in. No guests this evening, just you and me. We get those phones popping. We had a Mount Rushmore last night. I want to embrace even more debate on tonight's show. I can't wait. We're going to talk about the Badgers, the Bucks. We're going to talk about the Packers. It's cold weather season in Green Bay. Yeah. Get to ask all the same questions all these guys that we asked last year. Hey, you got a you got a big advantage playing in the cold? Why is that? Yeah. Can't wait until next year this time when we ask all the same things. Hey, before we get to tonight's show, let's look back at the week that was some sad news earlier this week. And I know we talked about it earlier this week. Legendary college football coach Mike Leach passing away. Successful at so many different places, Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State, of course, was a great assistant for many years as well, and his impact was felt that way too. Pioneer of the air raid offense and truly one of the most interesting people you will ever listen to speak. A few touching tributes that I saved on Twitter and that I wanted to share with you guys. Firstly, Matthew McConaughey, who we know to be a big college football fan, tweeted this. My friend Mike Leach moved on yesterday, one of the most curious, inventive, independent Wild men to ever walk the earth. He was a gem like no other. Put a prayer up for the, uh, put a prayer up there for his wife Sharon and their kids. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. I appreciated seeing that. Gus Malzahn, someone who used to coach at Auburn, coached against Mike Leach a couple of times. Tweeted this. He's now at UCF. Uh, I'm saddened to hear the passing of Coach Mike Leach. He was truly one of a kind, an innovator of the game, and a great coach. My first and last games at Auburn were against his teams. Christy and I send out condolences to his family. Yeah, that's really nice from Gus Malzahn. And finally, uh, Darren Ravel, and I read this directly. R.I.P. to Mike Leach. I have one of the largest Mike Leach collections in all of the world. No one, no, no one knows how to be insensitive quite like Darren Ravel in these times. Truly, rest in peace to Mike Leach, a legend. Well, in some Bucks news, some NBA news, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted today, quote, that after nearly 10 months of rehabilitation on a torn left ACL, Milwaukee Bucks forward Joe Ingles is targeting his return versus New Orleans on Monday. Once Ingles successfully completes a final five-on-five workout on Saturday, that'll be the last hurdle in his comeback. Yeah. Let's go. Now it's okay to get excited, Bucks fans, but be sure to stay realistic. Keep your fingers crossed that his appendix holds up. Yeah. These two things are often, you know, connected. You know, the ACL connected to the appendix. <laughs> Those injuries tend to pile up. And lastly, Twitter spaces were shut down last night. No one knows quite why. Some are saying that spaces ended due to an iOS bug. Others are saying it's because Elon Musk was pressed in a space last night after banning certain accounts. What's done is done. I guess why it happened isn't important. I just find it unfortunate for those who live alone and have few friends because those people get their entire social life from these spaces. And I'm one of those people. It's It's not a joke. That's not, a jo- that's not a joke. That's where all my friends are. I get my friends on. That's not a, that's not a punchline. Vikings fans, look at us. We're not so different. I see tweets about you guys wanting to fire Ed Donatel because of soft coverage. We're not so different. We are the world. Who would have thought? Huh? This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Twitter spaces better come back. I am addicted to those Twitter spaces. 
I know I'm not the only one. Cone Roller, LaCroix Butler, Tim Shea, Him Shea, Shauna, Ben Kenny. We sometimes are graced with Ben and Asher when we're talking Badgers. I, I need Twitter spaces back. I, I don't have a social life. My social life is taking calls on this show for two hours. Eric on I-90, Hector on Alaska. These are my friends. I, I don't know if Dave and Minot is my friend. I think Dave's a Dave is a friend. You don't agree with your friends on everything. I certainly don't agree with everything that Dave has to say. This is my social time for four to six, and then I go home and I sit in Twitter spaces. Downtown Billy, Tony from Texas. I mean, these are, if I planned a wedding right now, these people are all sitting at a table together. I need Twitter spaces back. Sean tweets in and says, at Wisco Grant, nice opening, great crowd. No kidding. The cr- I mean, this is going to be a great, this place is packed. Absolutely. St. Paul Schmitz has never missed a Friday show. You're gosh darn right, St. Paul Schmidt. Derek loves the intro. Yeah, the crowd is is popping tonight. Great studio audience. Great studio crowd in, in the house tonight. Let's, let's light this candle. Let's get going. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. You can text in as Derek is done, as St. Paul Schmidt is done, 608-796-2558. And you can find me on Twitter, as Sean did, at Wisco Grant. I planned a very light show tonight a lot of breathing space to hopefully get down many different tangents and many different roads uh last night we did an impromptu badgers mount rushmore you just never know what'll happen when somebody like cone roller calls in or david monona or pete monona so i'm hoping that's the kind of show we have tonight but i do want to start with last night good night of basketball last night well (laughs) i don't know about good it was a night of basketball there was lots of basketball that was played last night how's that Probably a more accurate accounting of things. Let's start with the Badgers. Big Ten play is paused, as you heard in that update with Zach Heilprin. They played Lehigh last night. It's 25 or 22 and a half point favorites. 25, 22, what's the difference? Big time favorites over Lehigh at the Kohl Center last night. And the Badgers trailed at halftime. They trailed 32-31. Now, I had a station event, and I could not watch the game. It was not on at the bar. We were at a lacrosse beer house on third and Pearl in downtown lacrosse. Rock and Rick was there. Saw rock and Rick saw our guy, Hunter, our guy Rico on Twitter. So I was mixing it up with a couple listeners, having a good time. I was mixing and mingling. I wasn't watching. And yet phone is in my pocket. And I feel it going buzz, 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 like nonstop for like 20 minutes. Every group chat I'm in is blowing up. People texting and DMing, Snapchatting me. Are you watching this Badger game? Are you watching the... Hey! Hey! Relax. I I will watch when I can watch. I was able to tune in at halftime. They didn't have it on at the bar. I am not someone to raise a stink about what's on the TV. I just I don't want to be that guy. I would rather not see the game than ask the bartender to, to change it. It's a weird thing. It's a Midwest thing. I don't like being an inconvenience. I don't like being a problem. I'm not the only one. It's really funny. You go out to eat with Midwesterners. And, and the server comes up to the table and the server's like apologizing for interrupting. Like, oh, sorry, but can I get your drink order? It's like, no, we're here to, to be served. But then the people at the table are like, oh, no rush, no problem. It's like, well, no, they're here to serve you. Midwesterners are very apologetic. We don't like to get in people's way. We don't like to ask for things. That was me last night. So I didn't see the first half and yet <laughs> phone's blowing up. Carter Gilmore. Oh, what a terrible miss layup. Look, we don't need to send Carter Gilmore to the gallows. Okay, it's Lehigh. On a Wednesday night in December, everyone take a deep breath. We don't need to take away Max Klesmitz's scholarship. Just breathe. Take a few deep breaths. Breathe in, breathe out, move on. Jimmy Buffett wrote a song about it. Fins up. It's Friday. We could learn a little bit from Jimmy Buffett. Lehigh did ultimately cover in this game by half point, but Wisconsin won going away. They put a run on him. 
in the second half. Like I said, they trailed at halftime, but I didn't see the first half. That's not my problem. They put a run on him in the second half, ended the game. And I'm not going to say that this player was the difference and the reason the Badgers ran away with the game, but I will point out that in the first half, Stephen Crowell was one of six, and in the second half, he was five for five. Again, the Thor of this Badgers team, as we discussed yesterday. And Zach Heilprin, I'm not going to say we got a co-sign on that, but we didn't, we didn't, I mean, he didn't disavow it. He didn't disagree. It wasn't a ringing endorsement, but Zach kind of felt where we were coming from last night. Stephen Crowell is a little bit of the Thor of this Badgers team. Like, they got all the Avengers, and they can do their business. They can handle their own for the most part, but every once in a while, you find yourself in a matchup with Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, Chris Murray, Lehigh. <laughs> you need Thor to come in and save the day like he did in Infinity War. And also, don't look now, but Jordan Davis is stacking up some good games, folks. He has at least one three-point make in each of his last six games, and he's 10 of 23 from three-point land in that stretch. He's now up to 34% on the season, which is really impressive considering where he started. Jeff Patrikas was tweeting out those stats. You know, Jeff Patrikas has been known to tweet out things that are incorrect. I did check those stats. That is right. And if on the off chance, Jeff, you were listening to this, uh, I have no quarrels with you. You get something wrong, you own up to it, you tweet it. For example, at work today, I microwaved some leftover fish. I didn't really think about how that might affect the rest of the office. It smelled, okay? And all my coworkers let me know. They let me hear about it. And I have to wear that, okay? Next time, I'll think twice about microwaving my lunch. Even though it's a communal microwave, it's a communal break room. I brought my own food. I'd like to think I could eat what I want, but that's not the point. Stunk up the office. People were unhappy. I apologized. I owned it. We moved on. Jeff Patrikas microwaved some fish of his own. He said that Jim Leonard was going to stay with the Badgers. He did not stay with the Badgers. You own up to it. You move on. Okay. I'm not going to fault Jeff Patrikas for that. And I hope my coworkers don't fault me for very long for microwaving fish. I, I didn't know that when you microwave fish, I don't have a microwave in my house. So I am, I'm a little behind on microwave culture and, and, and the functioning of a microwave. Yeah. Microwave fish stinks. It got all around the corners. It went down all the hallways. It was, it was a whole deal. Uh, anyways, let's move on. That was the Badgers. Jordan Davis is good. Stephen Crowell is good. And Lehigh is not very good that we knew those things, I think, for the most part. Let's talk about the Bucks. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift. Uh, the Bucks lost by 40. I'm not going to say that I don't care about this loss because I think that would be carrying a little bit too much water for what the Bucks did last night. But I also don't know that I care that much about this loss. If we're being honest, I didn't lose any sleep over this last night. This did not change my opinion of the team. This did not change my opinion of Giannis or Middleton or Bud. It's funny. Anytime the Bucks get blown out, we start to litigate Coach Bud. I was in a Twitter space last night. Remember when those were a thing? Hopefully they come back. Please. Please, God. I was in a Twitter space last night. And everyone's like, all of Bucks, uh, Bud's assistants are way better than him because Taylor Jenkins used to be on the Bucks. Like, man, I don't know just when the Bucks have an ugly loss if we really need to open up Pandora's box of every single thing on this team. I turned it off. I moved on. I continued with my night. I took a shower. I watched two hours of YouTube videos in bed, stayed up way too late, and then went to sleep like a normal person. How would anyone else go about their night? That's how everyone. Isn't that how everyone wraps up their night? Look, the Bucks play 82 regular season games. One of them has to be the worst or close to the worst. That's a lot of games. 82 is a lot of games. Hopefully, this is their worst and no other games come close. It doesn't mean the Bucks should laugh it off. 
It doesn't mean they shouldn't care. Like, they should be bothered by what happened last night, and I think that they are. But I'm not going to lose sleep over this, and I'm not all of a sudden going to reconsider roster construction and coaching and all of that. This should bother the Bucks, but I, I don't know. There's 82 games. One of them is going to be bad like this. Chances are at some point in the season. Here's Coach Butt after the game. I think this is an accurate assessment of things. I think first you, you give Memphis a lot of credit. Um, we said it in the locker room. Um, it's not unusual for us to do that. And um, You know, we were... Uh, we're just beaten soundly in every way, shape, and form. And, um, you know, we have to own that. Um, but, you know, we've got a great group, and, um, you know, this league is tough. This league is tough. It is. That's that's the button that every coach should push when they have a tough loss, when they have something that's – when they're answering to reporters about something that is tough. You lost a player in free agency. You lost a bad game. You, you had a bad call. You like you missed a field goal, whatever. The, the easy button, the Staples easy button to respond to questions is this is a tough league, right? This is going to happen in this league, and it works in high school. It works in college. It works in every conference in college. It works in every division, right? I talked to a couple of coaches around here for, you know, promoting athletic departments and promoting games and do a couple coaches shows. And every week it's like, well, you know, this is that's, that's what it's like to play in this league. There's a lot of parity, a lot of talent. You know, hard defense every night. You're going to be playing in, in hostile road environments. It's just what this league is about. And that works for every sport. It works for every coach. It works for every team and every level. Right? I, I remember in, in high school, it's the same thing. Big Rivers crowd. Where, where are we at? Sports Talk 105.1. Got your Eau Claire Norths, your Hudsons, your Memorials, your uh, Menominees, uh, your Rice Lakes. Just big, hard-hitting, cold-weather football teams up there that can pound the rock. Chai High can have its moments, too. Sure, none of the teams are Menominee, but, you know, it's not what we're talking about. That league, man, it's tough to win in that league. It's tough to win in the NBA, as Coach Bud says. It's what happens in this league. The Bucks couldn't hit a shot to start the game. They started the game ice cold. If you look at their first quarter box score, uh, first quarter box score stats, I swear I do this for a job, I can speak. Uh, the Bucks shot 1 of 10 from 3 and 6 of 24 from the field. So that's 10% from 3 and 25% from the field. That stinks. But that happens in basketball. What can't happen in basketball and what can't happen in this league because this league is tough is you can't let bad offense translate to bad defense and lazy defense, right? The Bucks didn't crash the glass. They didn't defend in transition at all. They gave up transition buckets off of makes. That's always the biggest blinking red light that something is wrong, something is afoot. Memphis ate them up because Memphis crushes the glass. I remember watching Brandon Clark in the playoffs last year thinking, is this guy the best rebounder I've ever seen in my life? He gets every loose ball, and he did against the Wolves. Right, you go back, and Wolves fans, if there's you know one or two of you listening, there's probably one or two Wolves fans in the entire state of Minnesota at this point. Go back and watch that series. Brandon Clark is eating every loose ball. He's getting after it. It's what the Grizzlies do. They love to get out and run. They're super young and athletic and long and physical. And the Bucks let their offensive struggles bleed over to their defense. And if you ask a basketball coach, that's the death knell. When that happens, you are screwed, especially in this league. It's hard to win in this league. That's what this league demands of you, right? You cannot let bad shooting, which can sometimes just be luck, 
you can't let bad luck and bad shooting translate to bad defense and lazy defense and transition and bad rebounding. Because once you do that, you can't win. Right? Your defense is supposed to keep you afloat while the shooting comes around. Your defense is supposed to keep you in a game when you're not hitting shots. If you let your frustration on offense translate into defense, you're cooked. And that's not just in the NBA. That's in high school. That's in college. Ask any basketball coach. They'll tell you the same thing. Now, lastly on the Bucks before we take a break, because Bucks Twitter is a bunch of 12-year-olds, it was open season on Chris Middleton last night and today. Chris had a bad game in December in Memphis when he hadn't really been playing professional competitive basketball for about six months because of what happened in the playoffs last year because of his wrist injury. He had an ankle injury that had him miss some time a couple of days ago. It's been clunky. He's been out of rhythm. He's yet to find his groove. Chris had a bad game on a Wednesday night in December in Memphis. We could dwell on that. You can dwell on that if you want. It's your right. Dwell, 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 dwell. Go ahead, go off. Now, I personally would prefer to dwell on Chris once hitting about a dozen clutch shots over the course of a playoff run in 2021 and helping this team win a title. I will dwell on that version of Chris Middleton because I think that version is very much still there. I know that version is still very much there, but I get it. Chris Middleton has a bad week and all the 12-year-olds on Bucks Twitter want him traded. Bucks Twitter is the worst. Bucks Twitter is the worst Twitter we have to offer. Then it's Packers. They're second worst. Brewers Twitter is the best. I love Brewers Twitter. Brewers Twitter is funny. It's witty. It's sarcastic. It's a bunch of tortured people who make who make light and fun of some really tough situations over the last year. Bucks Twitter is awful. You don't want to trade Chris Middleton because he had a bad game in Memphis. Go to bed. You have school in the morning. You have you have a current events report due the next day. But you have your work on your multiplication tables. Elon should ban half of the members of Bucks Twitter, starting with Marzian. Let's take a break. 608. 608- Seven nine six two five five eight, Twitter at Wisco Grant. We'll talk more basketball coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Wow, do I have a lot that I need to share before we get the show back on the tracks. So, first and foremost, everyone can relax. Twitter spaces are back. Yes! We're back. Just in time for the weekend. I'm going to light so much fire, or so much time on fire, I should say, this weekend. I'm going to waste so much damn time. Uh, Justin tweets in and says, you microwaved fish? Nasty. I did, and it was delicious. Did it taste fishy? Yes. You know why? Because it was fish. I'm not going to eat cold fish. Of course I microwaved fish. You know, send me to jail. You would not believe the reaction I got around this building today. People were people were angsty, let's say. Not angry, but I don't know. You just microwave your lunch. You put it, you warm it up, you eat it. I didn't realize there were rules of what could and couldn't be microwaved in this world. Now I know. Now I won't do it again. My bad. Twitter spaces are back. Uh, We know not to microwave fish. Vagabond John says, you are one to dwell in the past. I'm assuming you're referring to Chris Middleton. And he asked, is 40 million a year what they should pay for 10 points a game? Vagabond John, you're so much smarter than this. What is it? Because he's averaged 10 points since coming back off of not playing basketball for six months. You're smarter than this, Vagabond John. I'm not going to engage with this. I'm not going to argue with you about 40 million. And yeah, there's countless players that are way worse making more than that. Forget about the money. Stop thinking about the money. 
Stop worrying about the. I mean, once Chris Middleton started making money, it's like we all like, put the put the goggles on, put the microscope on him. Which I get. Part of that is sports. Like if you're paid a lot of money, things are expected of you. He also delivered this team a championship two years ago, and very well could have done it again last year if he hadn't slipped on a spot at the United Center. Spencer and Madison, this is the type of text I enjoy. He says, we do this every year, game or two with the Bucks. No need to worry at all. Happens to every team. Hope all is well and happy holidays. Spencer, Spencer, happy holidays to you and yours too. You're a joy. Vagabond John says, I'm mimicking Twitter. Okay, yeah, Bucks Twitter is so toxic. Give me Brewers Twitter every day of the week. If I had to rank our Twitters, I would say Brewers one, then Madison Mallards, Eau Claire Express, Lacrosse Loggers, Milwaukee Wave, then probably the Packers, then every Badgers Twitter account, including volleyball, and 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 then maybe Bucks, maybe, and then Marquette below them because Marquette is also the worst. It's a bunch of kids. Bucks Twitter is a bunch of kids who just started watching NBA basketball, just started watching sports. They got to ask their teacher go to the bathroom so they can send out their Bucks tweets throughout the day. Six oh eight. Seven nine six two five five eight. I wasn't going to wade into these waters today, but it's Friday, and it's kind of a fun, interesting topic. We did Mount Rushmore yesterday, so I feel like the floodgates have kind of been open. This whole Draymond Green business, as Eric on I-90 would say, I think we need to discuss it. Okay? So Draymond Green, after the game on Tuesday night in Milwaukee, talked about why he had a fan removed from the game. Remember this during the game when Draymond Green was pointing at a guy in the stands and says, he's got to go, he's got to go. So they threw him out. The guy looked incredulous. The guy looked very innocent of any crime. He looked very confused as to why he was being thrown out. Well, this is Draymond after the game on Tuesday night explaining what that guy said here. What, what did they say to you? Uh, some threatening stuff to my life. So, you know, um, I was this close to really going back and, like, diving all the way in, but kind of just went back and told the official. And when I told the official what he said, he's like, oh, he got to get out of here. And he got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. You were going to go in the stands, Draymond? You were going <laughs> to you're gonna run up there, huh? Is that legit? For real? For real, for real? You're going to go up in the stands, huh? I, uh, I would not recommend that, Draymond. And no, I don't think you were about to do that. I don't believe for a second that you were going to do that. Because not only would that have you removed from the game, you would have been suspended. Now Steph is hurt. Although Draymond got thrown out the other night too. I, I don't I don't know that Draymond is always focused on being there for his team. Uh, or, or, you know, how he presents himself on the court. The only reason I bring this up today, I heard Bill talking about it earlier today. I'm sure Ebo might have covered it on the morning show. But TMZ picked up the story. And they talked to the fan that was thrown out. And the guy was like, I didn't, I didn't say any of that. So the guy apparently said, we'll give you a pass. That's what he said. We're giving you a pass. Which is, according to the fan, and it tracks, it makes sense. Which means they were giving Draymond Green a pass for punching Jordan Poole, who's from Milwaukee. So a Milwaukee fan in a crowd of Milwaukee people says, hey, we'll give you a pass, Draymond. You punched our guy, but we'll give you a pass. And I thought, hmm. Is there some deeper meaning there I'm not seeing? Well, I found this Twitter account. Is this legit? Tell me if tell me if this is a thing. This reply to the TMZ report says, giving someone a pass has a couple different street meanings. Oh, it's time to learn. It can mean pull, aim, squeeze, shoot. Or it can mean you're safe this time, but
but there's an underlying threat for the future. Basically, watch your back. So I Googled that. The only thing I could find was uh, fire extinguisher lingo. Pull, aim, squeeze, sweep. Pull the pin, aim the fire extinguisher, squeeze the handle, sweep across the base of the flames. And I asked our engineer in our building, who's a first responder and is trained at some level of like fire, like volunteer fireman, I'm not sure. He's like, oh yeah, that's a thing. I have a hard time believing that saying we're giving you a pass is some threat that you're going to shoot an NBA player. Typically, fans don't sit in the third row of the game and yell at players that they're going to shoot them. It's just not very common. And Draymond Green saying, well, he made threats to my life. No. Uh, No, he did not. And I've said this before. I will say it again. I heard Bart Winkler echo this on his podcast, our friend this week. This needs to be screamed from the mountaintops all the time. This country has a fetish with death threats. Everything is a death threat in this country. We need to reset our conception of what is a death threat. Remember Tyler Hero? A couple years ago, the game was on TNT. Miami was back in Milwaukee, and they did this. Well, I went back and found the audio. I'm setting this up. Remember this? Back in Orlando where Tyler Hero playing with an edge that suits him well, and in so many ways, he was made for this moment. Two and a half years ago, when Hero decommitted from Wisconsin, where he's from, in favor of Kentucky, he received death threats, vile letters that were sent to him at his high school, and one morning, his family woke up to a house that had been TP, complete with Wisconsin red paint everywhere because he wanted to leave the state. But for Hero, what hurt the most was that outside of Wisconsin, the nation didn't think he was good enough. He wasn't an All-American. The chatter was that. So I'm going to cut that off. There was 20 more seconds. So wait, you got death threats and your house is vandalized, but the worst part is the people around the country didn't think you were good enough to go to Kentucky. First of all, no one thought that. No one cared. There's no one in West Virginia. Imagine Sunday morning. Imagine couple, they're drinking coffee before church, looking at the, the sports page. Sharon! Jaron, you see this? This Tyler Hero, he he decommitted from Wisconsin. He's not good enough to play in Kentucky. What does this idiot think he's doing? (laughs) No one one cared. The hardest part was people thinking I wasn't good enough. No one thought that. No one cared. No one cared at all. And I will also say that no one sit down and penned a death threat of a letter and mailed it to Whitnell High School. Guarantee more than one person didn't do that, as this story said. You guys ever sat down and wrote a casual death threat letter? Return address, of course. You want to be accountable for the threats that you're making. It's so stupid. Or when someone gets tweeted by a burner account, you know, at JRC127956, a player drops a touchdown pass in a game, and that Twitter account says, you stink, go die. That's not a death threat. It's, it's, it's trash behavior. It's bad. And there's a lot of trash behavior on Twitter. That's not a legit death threat. Okay, we need to calm down about death threats. No one is threatening you, Draymond Green. So dumb. Indiana the other night, I said he got thrown out the night the night after. He got thrown out on Wednesday night. He yelled at the referee on the way off the court. I pay you to ref. That's worse. That's more toxic than what the fan did. And 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 I just got to say, I just hate as a fan of the league, as a fan of the association. I just hate the look of the the player parading the ref over to the sideline to point out someone to throw out of the game. I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that. I, I don't like it. I, I don't like that we've crossed that threshold. I don't like that we've made that a thing. I'm not saying that fans should be able to yell whatever they want. That's not true. I, I just No one's yelling death threats from the sixth row. Hey, Draymond, watch your back in the parking lot. I'm going to kill you. No one's, no one's yelling that. God, everyone needs to calm down. 
608-796-2558. If you have any thoughts on this, we can talk about it after the break. Otherwise, I want to talk about the Packers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. It's Friday. Never want to miss a Friday show. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can call and text the show 608 796 2558. Spent a couple minutes talking about Draymond Green getting a fan escorted out. I I just I'm not a fan of that. I don't like I don't like how players can just go over and point at someone and tell them they need to leave. Sometimes it's probably the correct thing to do, but I I feel like we're walking a tightrope here, a little bit of a slippery slope. I don't like it. I especially don't like it when it's Draymond Green, because Draymond Green will punch his own teammate. He'll cuss out the refs, get thrown out, tell him that he pays their salary, all these things. But, like, if a fan talks trash to you, you get him kicked out of the game. That fan paid his hard-earned money to come see this game, Draymond. That that fan pays your paycheck. So if you're going to, you know, get up a ref's butt about how you pay for that ref, well, we pay for you. I feel that way as a Packers owner. Right, I, I pay these guys' salary. If any, if any of you ever feel like complaining about uh, how much a Packers player is being paid, take it up with me. I'm an owner. I feel it more than any of you. <laughs> Jeremiah and Lacrosse says roads are ass on the way home from work. So hopefully Dave calls in so I can laugh out loud. Uh, Dave tried to call to talk about this right before the last break, but I had to take a break and then texted in over the break and said, "When I call, you better be sitting down." Dave, if you're going to call and talk about this. Uh, you need to you need to keep it high and tight. You understand me? I will hang up on you so fast. Because this is a type of issue, Dave. You get a little bendy. First, Dave, I gotta talk to Hector in Alaska because he called first. What's up, Hector? Happy Friday. So I'm listening to you on my phone, and the first thing I hear when the line connects is I will hang up on you so fast. So oh, not, not sure what I missed. No, no, but, no, Dave, Dave. Okay. I will hang up on Dave if Dave calls because I'm pretty sure he's going to, and I just know that oh. Dave's, yeah. No, not you. I, I would never hang take up on you. Take the day, Dave. Take the day. It's Friday. Yeah. You know. It's a good take. Go, uh, go, go bug us on Twitter. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Triple Single over there in uh, the Bay Area, with how um, social media works now, within seconds, there should have been a video showing this guy yelling death threats to Draymond in the middle of the freaking packed arena. Yeah. doesn't make any sense. I didn't believe it for a second from the beginning. Also, if you watch, like I watched, I was watching the game live when it happened, he he pointed into, like, at the first time he pointed, it looked like he was pointing at the floor. So I thought, oh, someone right on the floor, he was probably talking crap on the baseline. And then you see this guy come from, like, five rows up. He really yelled that far. And only you heard him, no one else said anything. You know, that is just ridiculous to me. Yeah, um, and the other night, by the way, in Indiana, when he got thrown out, one point, two rebounds, three assists, six turnovers, two technicals, and an ejection. Yeah, that's 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 regular dream on green at his all star peak right there. And a loss, so, by the way, and and a loss. Steph Curry right. also got hurt. They the, lost by four. Five. He's uh, he's such like he's like a leech to.
to that team because they put too much into him. They've invested too much. They, he probably can't get money somewhere else you know, to do the little that he does. But the fact that he's a part of what they're calling their dynasty, which it is a dynasty, yeah, I, I think it's harder for them to move on from him. But like, look at his points. What who who is averaging points like that and in a starting rotation? Well, he's making it easier on them to let go of him. It's like, well, we felt like we kind of had to pay you, but then you punched Jordan Poole in the face, and like, I don't know. He's kind of given Golden State a reason. You know, when people say, "Give me a reason," well, he's given him a reason. And 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 what was he scared of that guy? The guy that came out of the stands was probably what six inches shorter than Draymond. He is so scared he had to get kicked out in the middle of the game. He also didn't come it's out of the stands. He was just sitting in the fourth or fifth row. Like sometimes fans trash talk. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the environment or whatever. But thank God, at least they weren't saying the f word. You know, oh. at least that. Thank the Lord. I mean, Draymond was. You can go back and watch the video. You got any? Uh, you got any plans for the weekend, Hector? What do you got on the docket? Well, I got to work tomorrow because the the snow has put us behind. I guess we're expected to have twenty two thousand packages for the weekend. So busy season. I had to pick up a shift, so I picked tomorrow, but which was dumb because I didn't want to work place or I didn't want to work on Sunday, but the Ravens play on Saturday, but everyone else plays on Sunday, so I had to kind of make a decision. I'll just listen to the game on my phone, and then uh, Sunday, uh, my siblings are supposed to come over for dinner, but I'm kind of concoct an excuse to get out of it. Well, uh, here's what I can do. I'll help you think of an excuse, (laughs) and uh, some other texters and callers can maybe try to pen some excuses. Oh, perfect. Perfect. But other than that, I got some buffalo chicken going in the crock pot um, already. I'm going to make uh, buffalo chicken tacos. Um, so I make them kind of like a birria taco where you stuff the and then you crisp up the outside in some oil. That yeah. kind of taco. So that's what I'm doing tonight. And so something nice and warm when the old lady gets home from work. So. Nice. Well, have a good weekend, Hector. I appreciate the call. Yeah, you too, and go pack, go, let's freaking do this thing, let's run this table and uh, close it out. I, I, really, I really think they got a good shot if if, if they uh, look ahead at the teams and figure out how to shut them down. They've had one or each team that they're playing, they have one or two games that they can look back at, and they got shut down pretty well. So No, I, I, and I, I would agree. If they can just handle the Rams on Monday, I really think they got some good momentum. Thanks, Hector, and have an outstanding weekend. If I think of a good excuse for you to get out of dinner with your siblings. I'll, I'll think on that. Like I said, I don't really have any friends uh, that live near me and I don't do a lot of social things. So my, my excuse game is kind of, it's kind of weak right now. Like Chris Middleton went six months without playing competitive on the floor NBA basketball and he's playing his way back into shape. It's been months since I've had to come up with an excuse to get out of plans. Just because I don't really have plans that often. So I'm probably not the sharpest one for this. My jump shot is not dialed in. Um, but maybe we have other callers and texters that could help you out with an excuse. I don't know. Watch a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm. They're, all, they're always coming up with excuses to get out of stuff. That's probably a, a good resource. But, yeah, Draymond, after the game on Tuesday, talking about how there were threats made to his life. I just, anytime death threats are thrown around as a thing, I, I just, I don't know. I, I get annoyed. What, what did they say to you? Uh, some threatening stuff to my life. So, you know, um... I was this close to really going back and, like, diving all the way in, but kind of just went back and 
told the official. And when I told the official what he said, he's like, oh, he got to get out of here. And he got to get out of here. So the official asked Draymond, what did he say? And Draymond says he's got to get out of here. Well, that good system. Really, really good, good system. Good review system they have there. Well, the fans around him look confused, too. I mean, you get someone yelling slurs. You get someone who's really blackout drunk and causing a ruckus, ruining the situation and ruining the game for other fans and other players. I just, again, I, I don't like, the, I don't, I don't like that players can just go get the ref and say, hey, throw that person out and they'll do it. I don't know. Adam Silver, what's new? Giving too much power to the players. Adam Silver, soft commissioner, players commissioner. David Stern would have never. I I actually do believe that to an extent that David Stern wouldn't have. (laughs) But also, David Stern oversaw the malice at the palace. As who texted in about the malice at the palace? Yeah, it was Matt and Eau Claire. Said it almost had a malice at the palace 2.0. Fight at the Fiserv. That's pretty good. Do you think that's good or bad for Fiserv? Fiserv is a financial company. What does Fiserv even do? I feel like is it, it's financial, right? Fiserv. I don't want Fiserv form. I just want Fiserv. Financial services, technology, mobile banking. Yeah. Is that good or bad for Fiserv? Is it good or bad for a company to be immortalized in that way with an event like that? Malice at the Palace was bad. If you've never actually, if you didn't see that happen at the time and you've never gone back and looked at footage from Malice at the Palace, it's actually insane. So Draymond did just casually say, I I was real close to running up there. The hell you were. The hell you were. How many, how many games? How many, how many games of a suspension do you think that would be? Adam, Adam Silver would crush a player. And Adam Silver is the biggest players commissioner in Sports. Roger Goodell is pro owner. That's technically his job, but he's more pro owner than just about any commissioner. Rob Manfred is just anti everything. Adam Silver is best friends with the players. If a player went up into the stands and started fighting someone, how many games? Who, who's spitballing with me? Because it, it would be an insane penalty. Weeks. Weeks. Maybe half a season. Like, actually, it, it would have to be. The Mouse at the Palace was the worst thing to happen to the NBA. They cannot have that again. And Draymond was never going to do it. Draymond talking a big game, not being able to back it up. No. Go, go host your podcast. I'm actually not anti-Warriors. I don't hate on the Warriors. I don't hate on Draymond Green. But the other night just was so insufferable by all of them. And Jonathan Kaminga was going nuts, making a fool of himself and making a scene. What right does Jonathan Kaminga have? And people will push back and say, well, that's what makes Draymond Green great. You know, it's it's that attitude that he has. That's what makes him great. You can't take that away. Uh, uh, that's what makes him a great player. Uh, I question that a little bit. Jeremiah Lacrosse has just kicked Draymond out of the league if he did that. He's a clown. I, I'm saying, if a player ran up and started fighting someone in the stands, I don't care what the fan in the stands said. I, I would be very interested, let's just say, to see the length of that suspension because Adam Silver would not mess around. David Minone is here. Dave, let's just... let's. Keep our reaction to this tempered. I know you're a passionate man. You're a man of passion. Uh, but let's not let's not go too wild with this. What's going on, Dave? Well, what would we consider too wild? I mean, well, Raymond Green, Raymond Green's a cheap shot artist. Fair. And why anybody takes the guy serious, I, 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 I am shocked he didn't enforce racism. Thank God he didn't do that. Because people around that guy... The, the big thing with me when you go to a sporting event is, mm-hmm. and these athletes and, these, and the other... You know, other fans who who walk up and report you to a to a um, you know to a um, usher. Yeah, 
you, you never hear anybody else secretly say anything. So I say, I would be curious to people around this guy somehow, you know, somebody's tweeting what actually happened around this man. Sure. But, Von, but, but Green has no, I mean, the guy has no credibility after he cheap shot at his own teammate. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's got a history of, you know, blaming his frustration. At least, I, 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 so I'm shocked he didn't throw a race into it. That's the first thing he normally does. Situation. No, indeed. I don't think that's a dream. Look, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I don't think that's specific to Draymond, though. I, I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's ever been that guy. He just fights with everyone and yells at everyone. I no. I, I don't think he's been more prone to make it about race than anyone else, unless there's something that I'm forgetting about. But, but, but somebody, you know, they got in his case. They were getting beat. They probably brought his mother into it. That's usually what people do to get the athletes <laughs> all railed up. They probably brought his mother into it, his family into it. And he, and he got bent out of shape and wanted the guy out, you know? So let me ask you this. what What is over the line? If, if you, speaking of over the line, if you go to a sporting event and you sit within earshot of the court, like what is okay. okay, what is not okay in your opinion? How far can a fan take it and still have it be acceptable in your opinion? Okay. You, if you're on the court, anything goes except the, the F word and family. Other than that, anything you any, anything you say to that guy, yeah, you know, it goes. But don't you know? Don't bring his don't bring his kids into it, mm-hmm. and don't bring his mother into it. Other than that, it's fair game because those athletes have no problem shooting their pie holes off. And if you pay that ticket, I go Tyler Wall the other day. He walked out and waved to the crowd. Yeah. Well, back, back my day, you know, we, we, you know, we would have waited for him outside and beat the hell out of him. What? Not true? No, that didn't. When did you? You grew yes, up in the seventies, Dave. You didn't grow up in the nineteen twenties. Al Capone's days. Done, you know, they were beating up players. He, they didn't. They didn't. Do you want to bet they didn't? People back then did not walk off the court waving, cocking off. They got their ass kicked when they got off the court. They didn't do it like you can now because you don't know why. They know they can get away with it. There's no fear, no accountability. Like Tyler Wall and Johnny Davis. They know they can get away with it. Back in the seventies and eighties, you got jacked. That, that's the way it should be. That's if, fair. if the fans are going to give Tyler Wall crap and Wall, you know, guess what? Then you then get to give it back. Then you get to wave. Then, yeah. you, like, I don't think players go out of their way to make gestures to the crowd if the crowd isn't going out of their way to give it back. You know what I mean? I, I think there's a very fair yeah, give and take. Yeah, yeah. And yep, as long yep, as there's nothing yep, personal, no slurs, I think that's part of what makes sports good. There's that back and yep. forth. And sometimes the player wins, sometimes the crowd wins. That's how it yep, goes. I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you on that. But, boy, but, but the problem is you start getting alcohol involved yeah. and people are getting drunk and drinking. And you know, they say, well, we got, we got children here. Because you watch your language. What it is. And I, I got it too before. I tell them, don't bring your kids to a sporting event. They go, well, could you not swear? And I said, do you swear at home? I go, you're telling me not to say anything. You do the same thing I'm doing right now. You do it at home. So I say, and I just say, shut up. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, you know, I do. I, I tell them, I guess I just, just shut be up. quiet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you do, you, you know, that kid hasn't heard. First of all, you should be bringing kids to a sporting event anyway, or an airplane. If you're not above 12 or 13, you shouldn't <laughs> be allowed in a plane or a sporting event, but that's here or there. But yeah. no, I mean, green. I would love to. I would love to know from the people around him. I mean, have we heard? Anybody heard? 
What ex? That guy did not threaten his life. No, I, like, I, shut I, up, no, I don't think he did. And look, based on no. the fans' reactions, like if somebody's unruly and making it a bad experience for fans, like fans will say, like, "Yep, he's the guy. It was him." That didn't look like the situation. Yeah, yeah, Dave. I, I unfortunately, bringing, yeah, I unfortunately got to take a break. Race into it. Yeah, it's yep. stuff like that. I feel like we agreed on all this. I, I think we're in a good spot. And by the way, one thirty seconds. Stop calling these athletes because they're, they're going through finals week. <laughs> it, was a joke. it was a joke, Dave. Uh, I, well, well, I did. I, oh, my God. That's fine. That's what Twitter's for. We're having fun. Dave, have a good week. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah. Yeah, All right, buddy. Have a, I actually have to take a break. I'll explain what we're talking about next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got to get out of here in about a minute. Get to a sports update. Vagabond John says, is this the most reasonable Dave call ever? I thought it was very reasonable. I agree. Yeah. I think Dave and I actually agreed on a lot of that. He was making fun of me for something I said about Badgers basketball last night. It was tongue-in-cheek. It was a little bit of a joke. I tweeted this. Saw so many negative Badgers tweets in the first half. Finals week starts tomorrow, and these student athletes probably have a lot on their plate, folks. I was kidding. Dave said, are you serious? They have tutors, training, tables, five-star hotels where they can study. Give me a break. The only thing you're worried about... The only thing they're worried about is their pocketbook. And we wonder why the athletes get coddled from ass clowns like Grant. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Love you. Appreciate you. Let's take a two-minute break for an update. We'll come back. We got some Packers things we need to discuss. tweets about you guys wanting to fire Ed Donatel because of soft coverage. We're not so different. We are the world. Who would have thought? Huh? This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Tweet a DM here from our friend Duck in Holman. He says, I want to go fast. I want unhinged and totally un-PC Dave back. I don't know that anyone needs that. As someone who has hung out with un-PC Dave in person on more than one occasion, I don't know that we want that. I don't know that we need that. I think that call from Dave, that was good. I, I don't, I'm not even sure if he... I don't think he even towed a line. I don't know if he approached any lines in that. That was one of Dave's better calls. I think very reasonable, right? I think Dave set up the parameters of what you should and shouldn't do at sporting events. You know, if you're under a certain age, maybe you just shouldn't come. I believe that in some instances. Like, I've been to some Packer games, and I'm like, "Mm, a little, little kid, maybe not the place for an eight-year-old. I think once you're 11 or 12, you know, okay, sure. I don't know. People get drunk. People get rowdy. Bucks games, Badger games, basketball, Brewer games. That's a little different. Slower paced. People aren't as drunk. Obviously, you have your own seat. You're not sitting on bleachers, which is really nice. Or like Badger football games. Like, man, people are tailgating. People are rowdy. Now, of course, you can't buy beer in the stadium, so that kind of helps 
keep things under the speed limit too. Not taking young kids on airplanes. That I'll leave that up to you. I'm not gonna touch that one. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Got some Packers things I want to cover before we say goodbye for the week at six o'clock. Six oh eight seven nine six two five five eight. Let's talk to Matt in Cross Plains. What's up, Matt? Hey, Grant, what's going on tonight? Not much. I mean, I thought that David Monona call was, I, I was scared at what he was going to say. This Draymond Green business was, you know, that's kind of right up Dave's alley for making some remarks that maybe shouldn't be on the radio, but I, he held his own. So I feel like I'm all downhill now. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, Dave's probably just content, you know, that uh, the Cubs keep taking away former brewers like Brad Boxberger and uh, we'll probably get Omar Narvaez pretty soon here too. So we're looking good. We're looking good. So Dave is calm, you know, he's waiting for the next golf outing to uh, razz everybody some more. Uh, uh, I'm sure he's coming up with some good, good sayings uh, for for next summer. The zone needs to hire someone else. That responsibility needs to be passed off of me. I and I look. I like driving Dave around. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just feel like someone else should get the pleasure, you know. And, and maybe a, a young whippersnapper, an up and comer in this business, could really be served well spending an afternoon with someone so wise like Dave. Yeah, and as I was leaving uh, work work yesterday, I actually saw Jordan Davis and Chucky Hepburn walking around in the snow. So maybe that led to their, you know, poor first half yesterday. Uh, so, you know, these athletes mm. aren't all privileged like Dave thinks all the time. They do walk places. They don't get, uh, you know, Ubered or limoed around, uh, you know, so stuff like They're that. They're not Dave, spending Dave, off the wall on that. hundreds of dollars at the KK Club on Spreckers and pizza, as Dave always says. No, no, I don't think they're at the college club that often. You know, they, <laughs> they, they live in those nicer apartments, you know, so I'm oh, sure they're yeah. having uh, good good parties with the rooftop pools, you know, stuff that, you know, I didn't have in my college. I love that. Uh, but anyway, uh, Packers are going to outdo the Rams pretty easily, I think, on Monday night, and we're going to keep the hope alive of running the table. So there's still, there's still some hope. I think the Rams stink. <laughs> And if the Packers lose on Monday night, that is going to be one deflating loss. That's really going to stink. If they if they can't handle the Rams on Monday night and keep hope alive at least a little bit longer, that's really going to stink. This is a team that they should handily beat and, and beat in a fun, entertaining, satisfying way at home on Monday night. Yeah, the tundra is frozen, my friend. We're, we'll, we'll be good. Is it still an advantage for this team? I got a couple sound bites from LaFleur and Rogers talking about why the cold is an advantage for this team. Is it? Because the last five or six years, it certainly hasn't looked like an advantage. Yeah, it's been pretty pitiful, actually. But uh, I guess teams must just, you know, use that to their advantage, thinking, you know, all these people think we can't handle the cold and they just come in and do it because it's only one time, you know, it's a one-off. So maybe that's the problem, but... uh, I hope we win, and I think we will. And then it's all about that Christmas miracle Evo is looking for in Miami then to uh, hopefully continue to hang on to hope for the rest of the season. That game is going to be weird. I already know it. There's going to be some weird stuff. We're going to be sucking down eggnog and wearing our bathrobe, you know, nice fuzzy robe and slippers on Christmas. That I already know that there's going to be some weird things that happen <laughs> in that Dolphins game. Matt, it's nice to hear from you. Call back sometime. Yeah, nice to hear from you, man. Oh, yeah, take it easy. Bye. Yeah, have a good weekend. That's Madden. Cross planes. Yeah, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you know this, but every time uh, around this around this time every year, we ask Aaron Rodgers the same questions like, hey, uh, is, is this football weather, Lambo? <laughs> you know, you see your breath out there, Aaron. <laughs> or, uh, but, you know, why, why is this cold weather? Why is this an advantage? 
for the Packers. You know, we do, we do this every year. However, I'll lap it up like a like a pig at a trough, like a dog in a bowl. Matt LaFleur talking about how this is football weather. This is yesterday. Yeah, I was a little surprised when I woke up this morning. A lot of snow on the ground. And, um, yeah, no, it would be good for our guys to kind of get acclimated. I think it's a little bit warmer than I think it's going to be on Monday night. But, you know, the cold is, is our friend. You know, you keep saying that. I don't know if that means what you think it means. There's just so many southern teams, west coast teams that have come in here, Florida teams that have come in here and beat this team like a drum in the playoffs. Matt LaFleur talking about why this weather is an advantage. I don't know if it necessarily is. I think it's a lot about mindset and getting your mind right to go play in, uh, you know, same with when you go down in the south and it's really hot. So I think a lot of it is mindset. Is there some physical effects? Probably. Um, I think the the biggest advantage would be that you get an opportunity to practice in the weather that you're potentially playing in. That's true. I think the mental side is maybe more important. And I don't I don't know that playing in the cold is an advantage. I think the Packers not having to travel is an advantage because you put this team on an airplane and they, they can't make heads or tails of anything. You got to switch time zones? No. <laughs> the pack, no, they don't, they, don't, they don't do that. Uh, should we travel Friday? Uh, or should we go on Saturday? Um, uh, what hotel should we stay at? Uh, Marriott? No, La Quinta. Uh, uh, Best Western. Anytime this team travels, I mean, they're just scatterbrained as all hell. So I don't know that playing in the cold is that big of an advantage. I just think it's the, they're not disadvantaged by having to travel because the Packers are so just crushed every time they need to change time zones. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about why the cold weather is an advantage. I think anytime the, the weather gets cold and the field gets cold, naturally guys don't move maybe at the same speed. I feel like on our field, too, uh, we have the advantage. We know where we're going on a, on a wet, uh, cold field. Uh, that's always been an advantage. Throwing the football has been an advantage for us in the weather as well. Um, you know, I can't put a specific finger on it. We're, most of us are not from here, but we just get a little bit better used to being in the cold, I think, because we practice outside. I think practicing in it is probably, yeah. I think that's the advantage. I don't know that anybody enjoys playing in the cold. I don't think the Packers enjoy playing in the cold. I was reading tweets. Uh, shoot, how long ago was this? It was before the, the Buffalo game that was moved to Detroit. So what, three weeks ago now? And we were talking about playing in the snow, playing in the cold, and Eric Eager, who played football up at Moorhead, right across from Fargo, way up there, right, north of the Twin Cities on 94. And he was tweeting about, like, guys, it's really not that great. It kind of sucks. <laughs> even, like, even for the teams that practice in it, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It doesn't make for a good product. I love watching it. I don't know that the Packers are built different. I don't know if their blood runs thicker. Just because they're the Green Bay Packers. I just think they get a chance to practice in it and kind of prepare for what it's going to be like. And they don't have to travel. I don't know that playing at home again this time of year is such a big advantage. I just think it's a lack of a disadvantage. The fact that they don't have to get on a plane, organize travel. Can you imagine going on vacation with Matt LaFleur? God, going on vacation with people like him sucks. You'd get to your hotel room. You'd be there for five minutes. You know, just putting a couple things away, getting settled. Uh, Guys, where should we go next? I just really think because, you know, it's already 1 o'clock, and I know we want to go out to this place for dinner, and we have a reservation at 5 o'clock, and I, 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 th- I really think we should go see this thing. And if we go right now, I think we have time. Do you want me to call? I'll call an Uber. Hey, you know what? I'm going to call an Uber. You guys just you guys just follow me. I'm going to wait in the lobby. Jesus, go wait in the lobby. 
go away to the lobby. Just let us let us get our wits about us here. Let's get settled in. Yes. You ever been on vacation with somebody like that? It's the worst. I just like going on vacation when I don't have anything to do. I cannot recommend that enough. And you're like, well, Grant, you don't have kids. Fair. Noted. Absolutely. But my favorite trip ever, mm, let me really think. I really love to fish. So I'm partial to fishing trips. I should almost put those in a, in a different category. Fishing trips I love, but but my favorite vacation, I think, that I've taken the last couple of years was a trip that I took to Los Angeles just with a couple of friends. They were like, hey, we've never been to L.A. Let's just go. Let's just, we'll reserve a place to stay. We won't rent a car. We won't plan any activities. Let's just go. Let's go. We'll figure it out when we're out there. It'll be great. And it was. Laissez-faire, or no, I don't think that's the right one. Carpe diem. Is that the correct, is that French? I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, talking a little bit about the weather. Matt LaFleur was also asked about Christian Watts and Romeo Dobbs, who were both going to be on the field together on Monday night. He was asked, maybe could the season have gone differently if they were healthy all along? You ever play the what-if game there? Yeah, I don't think I lived too much in the past and what could have been. What could have been. I mean, that does, it's just, uh, you know, a waste of my brain power, I'd say. So, um but no, I think, you know, you're probably going to see a lot of zero personnel, five wide. We're just going to let it rip. Well, I'm thankful for Matt LaFleur that he does not live in the past because if you were to go back and do a review of the season, you're like, how do we lose that game? We lost that game? Oh, God, we lost that game. Man, we let that one get away. And we never had a chance. And like, it's a lot of negativity. You go back to this season. Well, we're living in the moment right now, as Aaron Rodgers once said, or uh, excuse me, Giannis once said, I was so in the moment. Remember that? It's best for Packers fans right now to live in the moment because if you go back and look at the history of what's went down the last couple of weeks, not great. A lot of wasted opportunities. You could think what the record might be, what their seed might be had they just taken advantage of some leads they had and capitalized and closed out some games they should have won. Here is a really interesting question and answer. Aaron Rodgers. In the past month, the Packers offense has jumped to sixth in overall scoring. How did that happen? Tell us about that. Christian. <laughs> he scored, what, seven or eight touchdowns in the last, uh, last four or five weeks. That's added a deep element to our, our passing game, which was missing. Um, and then just consistency from... Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I think, has been a part of our sustained uh, success for those guys all season. They've been really, uh, really good for us all year. Um, there's some, you know, there's some unsung heroes for sure that I think have, have been very consistent this year, like Big Dog, you know, dominating line scrimmage the way he has. I think Elton's really played well the last four or five weeks. I think John's had a really nice season for us. I think him and Yash have settled in on the right side for us. Um, so we're just being a little more consistent up front, I think. And then, you know, with Christian giving us some uh, some down-the-field dynamics has allowed us to be a little more efficient and scoring points. I'll just say yes to all that. That's a pretty good summation of what's gone on. I mean, healthy Christian Watson, 6'5". He's really fast. It's easier to score touchdowns when you have that guy in the field. The offensive line is settled in. I also just think they've learned to play without David Bakhtiari. Like at some point, the offensive line looked around and like, well, we're just going to assume that we have to play all the time because we can't really count on this guy being out there. And again, not blaming him. Got to put the disclaimer. Not blaming Bakhtiari, not his fault. 
But I think the rest of the offensive line room just kind of embraced. We'll just assume we're going to play all the time. And if at any point David Bakhtiari is going to play, uh, I guess we'll just we'll take the week off. We'll look at it that way. And I think that mindset, that approach to the offensive line probably helped, probably took a little bit of an adjustment from the beginning. When Bakhtiari first came back or from the beginning of the year when we just assumed he would play because, you know, it's been two years. I think that adjustment on the offensive line has probably made a big impact, made things feel a little bit more stable, even if they aren't as stable. We've just adjusted to the new reality. Surveyor Sam says, Carpe Diem is Latin for seize the day. The more you know. Thank you. It's not French. It's Latin. I don't know how to speak either language, so you could be totally blowing smoke on my butt right now. I'd have no idea. 608-796-2558, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can tweet me, call and text. Let's talk more Packers. Story came out in The Athletic this afternoon, and I was reading some excerpts over the break. I really don't know what to do with this. It's very interesting. I don't know what to do with this. It's about Aaron Rodgers, the Packers offense, and the way they go about their business. It's very interesting. I will share it with you, and we can react together because I'm not sure how I feel about it. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Interesting tidbits coming up about the Packers. The Athletic put out a piece about the Packers offense, especially with their signals. It's very interesting. I don't know how to feel about this. Let's talk about it in a couple minutes. First, let's chat with Dave from Middleton. Dave, what's going on? Happy Friday. Thank you. Same to you. What's going on? By the way, Lazy Fair is French, and it means uh, let it be. At least that's the, uh, so either one of those phrases would probably apply to your L.A. trip. Yeah. Just let and it be. So don't little... do not do anything you don't want to do. You know, just go with the flow. Exactly. Gotcha. See, I wanted to change this topic a little bit and talk about the Bucks. Yeah. I've seen some things on uh, various Internet sports uh, sites. And it seems to be, maybe it's just a rumor that's feeding uh, off itself, but uh, the Bucks are apparently interested in getting Jay Crowder on the team. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, Jay Crowder has been available for basically this whole offseason and this season because he doesn't want to play for Phoenix, I guess. He's been sitting out. I think the Bucks would love to have him. I think there's plenty of teams that would love to have him, but... I think all these teams realize that they don't need to scramble to make it happen. I don't think the price is going up. Well, the price isn't going up. There's no way the price goes up. So I think teams are just kind of waiting. And I know a lot of Bucks fans, we just want them to do something because that's what we want as fans, just do something, right? So, yeah, it's definitely been a thing. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I think that they could use somebody like him. He's a little bit more offensively productive and a little bit younger than uh, P.J. Tucker was. And uh, I think they missed that uh, teach him how to be dogs thing. Yeah, they, I'm with you. They need an extra maybe body just to eat some defensive minutes, right? Because you don't want Drew Holiday to have to cover everyone all the time because you need him on offense. The Bucks' offense without Drew Holiday out there stinks. We saw that last night. I don't want 
Drew Holiday to get beaten up all season long or Wesley Matthews to get beaten up all season long. Like, I want these guys to be fresh. And having one extra defender, just a big, burly, tough guy, and Jay Crowder kind of fits that. He's a better shooter, yeah. Like, he would fit the bill. I just don't want to give it. Like, I like Grayson Allen. I don't want to have to trade Grayson Allen to get him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's my thought. Anyway, uh, just wanted to check in with that and yeah. have yourself a good weekend. Yeah, you as well, Dave. I'm a good one. And thank you, by the way. We have a lot of linguists who are listening, speak a little Latin, speak a little French. Laissez-faire. To each their own. Go with the flow. Play it by ear. It's all the same. The French are a very reasonable people in that way. Right? I wonder if David Minona, I should have asked him about the French. That would have been pretty fun. David Minona. Just get his opinion on all these different countries. Thanks for the call, Dave. 608-796-2558. Talking a little bit about the Packers offense, and Aaron Rodgers gave his thoughts on why the Packers offense has jumped to sixth in scoring. If you missed that, let's listen to this one more time. Christian, <laughs> he's scored in, what, seven or eight touchdowns in the last uh, last four or five weeks. That's added a deep element to our, our passing game, which was missing. Um and then just consistency from Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I think, has been a part of our sustained uh, success for those guys all season. They've been really, uh, really good for us all year. Um, there's some, you know, there's some unsung heroes for sure that I think have, have been very consistent this year, like Big Dog, you know, dominating line of scrimmage the way he has. I think Elton's really played well the last four or five weeks. I think John's had a really nice season for us. I think him and Yash have settled in on the right side for us. Um, so we're just being a little more consistent up front, I think. And then, you know, with Christian giving us some uh, some down-the-field dynamics has allowed us to be a little more efficient in scoring points. Retweet to all of that. That's all true. And we talked about that before the break. You have a strong, fast, dynamic wide receiver that can make plays happen when plays don't really exist. That's Christian Watson. He helps a lot. I talk about this. Dynamic playmakers, right? How many players do the Packers have who can take a play where there's nothing really there and turn it into something big. I think Aaron Jones can. I think Christian Watson can. That's maybe about it. All right, you watched the 49ers last night. McCaffrey can do that. Man, George Kittle can do that. Debo can do that. He's hurt right now. The Packers need dynamic playmakers. They really only had Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. That's made a big impact. And before this last break, I said, and I'll say it again, I think the offensive line has adjusted to this reality. We don't really know whether David Bakhtiari is going to play or not, so we're just all going to assume that we're playing. All right. And I think they've settled into that mindset, settled into that reality. And I think that's paid dividends and, you know, experience for some of these guys who are a little bit greener coming into this year. That certainly helps, too. You want to hear something interesting about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense? Kalen Kaler put this out at The Athletic today, and I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing because I just saw it during the show. I saw this tweet at 240. I don't follow her and typically by... 3 o'clock, 3.30, I'm, I'm not reading. You know, I'm getting little bits of audio ready for the show. You know, I'm doing push-ups, whatever I got to do to get excited, get fired up. So the tweet says, Aaron Rodgers expects his offense to know somewhere around 30 hand signals. Every Saturday, players are tested on them, but the tricky part is the signals aren't officially taught. There's no real record of them, and Rodgers often revives signals from years before. Interesting. And then there's a link to the full story, which, again, I haven't had a chance to read I'm sure some point this weekend I will. There's two screenshots. I'm going to read this to you. On Saturdays, rookie wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends get quizzed on the signals. Quote, you don't want to get called on 
because you got to do it in front of the whole team, unquote, said former Packers receiver Equinemia St. Brown, who now plays for the Bears. Quote, it's probably the most nerve-wracking for a young player because we don't get taught them, unquote, said former Green Bay running back Kylan Hill, who was drafted in 2021 and released in November. Quote, you have to learn them on the fly. Quote, that's definitely something wide receivers don't look forward to is the signal meeting because we have so many, unquote, said backup Jordan Love. Quote, you don't want any of that stuff getting out, so we wait until the season starts to start going through signals, unquote. Okay, so that's the first screenshot. The second screenshot, a couple more quotes here. Quote, and this is Blair. Who's Blair? Blair, 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 Blair. Blair. Makes me think of Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, I'm just going to Google Packers Blair. Chris Blair? Who is that? Chris Chris Blair. Football wide receiver. Is he on the practice squad? Chris Blair? Yeah, he must be on the Packers. Okay, so Chris Blair is a practice squad guy. Quote, what's so crazy is all the coaches don't even know all of them. It's really a thing that you really have to learn from watching Rodgers in practice or asking one of the vets. Blair said that when watching film in Green Bay, coaches would sometimes think a receiver ran the wrong route. Quote, but we would be able to show them. Like, no, Aaron showed us a signal. This isn't, quote, this is written. The signals are not written down anywhere. They're not searchable on the team-issued iPads, and there's no handy film cut-up to watch them all in one go. Quote, it's just in our brains, Love said. The veterans pass them down in oral tradition, but the rookies have to ask for help or try to pick them up on their own during live action of practice or games. New quote, this is from Kylan Hill. We don't teach them because players get released or traded every day, so we don't want anybody giving out A-Rod's signals, end quote. I'm, I'm really excited to read the rest of this. I saw a couple of tweets in response to this over the last break that I agree with, and I think you could say this about lots of athletes, right? This is what makes Aaron Rodgers great. Like, you don't have the greatness of Aaron Rodgers Without this stuff, 30 hand signals that are not written down, not taught. They're not watched in film. You're learning on the fly. Well, we can tell that they're being learned on the fly because you can see it all the time, especially early in the season and especially with newer wide receivers. You don't get the greatness of Aaron Rodgers without this stuff, without the improvisation, without the adjustments at the line of scrimmage, without the hand signals. You don't get Aaron Rodgers without this. I also don't know if this style of orchestrating an offense is most conducive to winning at the highest level. Like winning repetitive playoff games, putting repetitive drives together in big moments. And again, I always talk about offense. I want my offense to be replicable. I want you to be able to go to one game, run an offense, have it work. I want you to go to the next game, run an offense, have it work. I want consistency, replicability, something that you can go to. Like, toe-tap catches along the sideline are great. I don't want to have to count on those. I don't want to have to be able to replicate those. That's really hard to do. Right? Back shoulder stuff, over-the-shoulder stuff. Some of these plays are brilliant highlight plays, and they're really fun to watch. But they're hard to replicate, right? And when you're playing in the playoffs against really good teams, I don't want to have to count all the time on these unbelievable, off-the-cuff, really, really difficult plays. Both are true, right? This is partly what makes Aaron Rodgers great. And I think partly what sometimes holds the Packers offense back and makes the Packers offense a little bit clunky. And you could say this about all sorts of players like Brett Favre. 
Brett Favre's interceptions were part of what made Brett Favre great because you don't get the greatness of Brett Favre. You don't get all of the amazing touchdown throws and the amazing off-schedule plays without the interceptions. You take away the gunslinger part of Brett Favre's game. You take away the risk-taking part of Brett Favre's game. You lose what makes Brett Favre great, right? You have to take the bitter with the sweet. Carol King, shout out Carol King. Uh, Draymond Green, we were talking earlier. Draymond Green is a really good player in the sense that he plays a very important role for his team. But part of Draymond Green's greatness is his attitude, and his attitude gets him into trouble, but I think also his team sometimes needs that attitude. Colin Cowherd said for years about the Warriors, they're a skinny jeans team. I don't really know what that means, but it's funny. They needed Draymond Green because Steph Curry was not a big, strong, tough player like Giannis or LeBron or Kawhi or Duncan or some of these other players that were making and winning titles over the last 10 years and whatever the Warriors have been competing too, right? So they needed Draymond, but you don't get Draymond without the good and the bad. You don't get Favre without the good and the bad. You don't get Rodgers without the good and the bad. But this is insane, right? Up to 30 signals that aren't written down, they're not taught, you just learn on the fly. Well, no kidding that there's... Ball's getting slung all over the field and nobody's running the right route early in the season. No one knows what the hell's going on. No wonder. It's not that the wide receivers need to study and learn more. It's the wide receivers literally haven't been shown or taught some of these things. And again, part of that is what makes Rodgers great. Part of that, I think, is what holds this offense back at times. Let's talk more about this. I got some more Aaron Rodgers audio and some Matt LaFleur clips if we want to play those two. I'd love to take your thoughts on this. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Let's take a five-minute break. Be back after that on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday, everybody. Rainman Mike Texan. Mike, this is <laughs> he says. Nothing like a refreshing Bills nerd to take you into the weekend. Wow. It's more creative than anything I've said tonight. He said, love the takes. Best vacations, by the way, are to just take a week off and go do what you feel like doing. Nothing planned, nothing promised. Have a great weekend. Wow. Nothing planned, nothing promised. And he said, Billsner in the same text. That's like, this is high level stuff. Follows up and says, my take on Rodgers is he produces quality receivers. It's like choosing a major in college, challenging major, engineering, i.e. Rogers. Easy major, underwater, basket weaving. Hey, that's what I went to school for. Just kidding. Mitch Trubisky. If you want to be successful, you need to take the high road and study hard. So, Mike, I, I agree with this and I disagree with this. Let's talk Let's talk more about this Rogers thing. So, if you're just joining us, there's a piece that came out in The Athletic today. And it's really interesting. It's not like some bombshell expose smear piece on the Packers or anything like that. At least the part I read wasn't like that at all it's hey Aaron Rodgers is a football robot he's got all of these hand signals and he's been using them for years and he can recall them all at the drop of a hat and the wide receivers in the system learn them on the fly right and they're passed down through oral tradition and they're never written down they're never kept on iPads or anything because then other teams get them eventually like this is crazy stuff I can read you a couple quotes here um Let's see. Chris Blair, practice squad rider receiver, said, what's so crazy is the coaches don't even know all of them. 
It's really a thing that you really have to learn from watching Rodgers in practice or asking one of the vets. Blair said that when watching film in Green Bay, coaches would sometimes think a receiver ran the wrong route, but we would be able to show them, like, no, Rodgers showed us the right signal. Signals are not written down anywhere. They're not searchable on team-issued iPads, and there's no handy film cut up to watch them all in one go. It's just in our brains, Jordan Love said. The veterans pass them down in the oral tradition, but the rookies have to ask for help or try to pick them up in their own during live action of practice and games. Okay. So, first thing, first thing I have to say about this is I'm reading Twitter replies to the story, and the Packers have almost gotten political, and Rodgers has almost gotten political in a way where if you like Rodgers, you're going to respond to this in the way you'd expect to respond to this. And if you don't like Rodgers, you're going to expect to this, you know, react to this in a different way. So I'm seeing a lot of responses that's like, he's won two MVPs the last year. He's one of the best of all time. I think he knows what he's doing, right? And then some of the other comments are the other side. Right. This one, I, I think, is interesting. This tweet says all these bums in the comments saying, quote, well, he had back to back MVPs. Do you really care about MVPs more than Super Bowls? Just say you're a Rodgers fan and not a Packers fan. I think that's an interesting point. Some things that Rodgers does, I think, are. See, what, I, what I'm, I'm not saying that he only cares about stats. I'm not saying that he only cares about making plays for him. That's not what I'm saying. Sometimes, however, when I watch Rodgers, it's like you are going for the perfect play. You are going for the unbelievable, brilliant play, the perfect play against this defense when sometimes a very ho-hum, run-of-the-mill play will work. You don't always need to change the play two or three times to get the exact perfect call. Sometimes, right, when you ignore competence in search of perfection, you end up with disaster. And that's how you end up with fourth and one. You're trying to throw a bomb to Alan Lazard, who thinks you're going back shoulder, but the quarterback's going deep, and then both guys are just looking at each other like, what the hell was that? And I'm left watching on my TV and thinking, hey, if you just hand it to A.J. Dillon, it probably would have worked. Like I, like, I know you guys had this little signal, and you, you had grand plans of this huge explosive play, but, you know, don't let me rain on your parade, but, like, a very boring play probably would have worked here, Right? And again, I always talk about my offense. I want it to be replicable. I want it to be consistent. I want it to be something that you can go out every week and execute the same, right? And that's, by the way, that's what everyone wants to do in their job. You want to have a routine. You want to have a system that works for you. The way that I prepare the show works that way. The way I organize things in front of me when I'm doing the shows that way, I want to be able to replicate it every day. That doesn't mean the content doesn't change. That doesn't mean that you might not adjust for the opponent every week. That doesn't mean that based on the time of year, like we talked to Hector, a couple of, uh, I was going to say a couple of hours ago. It was like an hour ago. Hector drives for FedEx. Hector's job looks very different right now. Holiday season, lots of packages getting shipped. That's going to happen around Christmas, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day is a huge weekend. Hector's job looks very different this time of year compared to June. Like, oh, we got some Father's Day letters. You know, flag day's coming up. Maybe some, maybe some stuff in the mail, right? That doesn't mean Hector's routine changes. He's still going to work at the same place. He's maybe driving the same truck, but he adjusts for the opponent, just for the setting, just for the time of year. But his his routine remains the same. His job remains the same. That's what I want in my offense. I want the Packers to be able to go out every week and replicate it, right? Run it again. Pull it off again. We got the ball back. Drive the ball down the field again. Replicable, consistent, recreatable offense. And I think sometimes it's easiest to recreate really simple things. And Rogers said that earlier this year. We got to simplify some things. I think Rogers kind of agrees with me. Sometimes he said the simplest plays are the best plays. 
on third and one, let's not send everybody deep in some crazy route tree. Let's keep it high and tight. Let's keep it simple. Run a little slant, run a little out, run a little wheel. Very run-of-the-mill, easy-to-understand, small uh, uh, degree of difficulty. Lower the chance that something's going to go wrong, right? When you get up to the line of scrimmage and you have a simple play that's called, Roger's looking over, we got an out, we got a wheel, we got an in-breaking route, we got a slant. Very simple, very easy. And then Rodgers sees something in the defense, and he said, oh, I want to change the out to a this. And I want to change the wheel to a this. Audibles. Okay, well, there's a chance that something could go wrong there. And then once you audible, maybe Rodgers sees something in the defense as the play clock's coming down, so he hits everybody with a hand signal. Well, there's another opportunity for things to go south. I want to remove those opportunities for things to go wrong. I want to remove the the chance that something goes south. I want to keep it simple. And Rodgers said that earlier this year. Let's simplify some things. Let's keep it simple. Uh, yes, I would like that. Let's do that. We don't need all these crazy hand signals and all these complex routes. No, no, no. Christian Watson, for example, is really good. He's 6'5", and he has 4'3 speed. Just him being him is going to allow him to succeed on the football field. I don't need Christian Watson preoccupied with a million different routes. I don't need him preoccupied with a million different hand signals. Run simple routes, get open, I'll get you the ball, make something happen. That's what the Niners do. That's what the Niners do. Find very simple ways to get the ball into the hands of their playmakers. You watch the 49ers, and you're like, why didn't my team think of that? They ran a play to Kittle right up the middle last night. It's like, that was the simplest play ever. Why didn't my team think of that? Simple is good. Simple is better. Eric on I-90. Eric, what's going on? Oh, hold on. Hold on, Eric. Hold on. Hold on. I, I pressed the wrong button. Let's go to the phone. 608-796-2558. Eric on I-90. Eric, what's up? Hello, Grant. How are you today? Thank you for taking my... <laughs> like a cat licking my sack in the window, you know? <laughs> That's a pretty good day. That's a really good day, That's Eric. a pretty good day. That's a great day. Yeah. You ever notice that when a cat's licking his sack, he's got his leg up? He looks... Like, even if, something, even if something startles him, he doesn't bring his leg down. He just stays still. Yeah, it's a good and way to be. He go back to licking his sack, yeah. right? Yep. So what you're talking about there uh, here tonight is you don't let perfection get in the way of progress. Yeah, there you go. Yep, I like that. I'll give you a good example of that. Is I'm, I'm an engineer, and I'm an engineer, an engineer in the manufacturing business. And in the manufacturing business, we have what's called 32-piece capability studies. Okay. All right? And the purpose of that is that if you can run 32 pieces with no adjustments and you have all good parts, mm-hmm. that job is capable, and it's capable of producing good parts consistently. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right? Great example. So, now, sometimes things aren't perfect. And my boss would like us to pass the 32-piece capability study, and then we just make the run. But sometimes things aren't perfect. So we run a 32-piece capability study, and we say, oh, we had one bad one, so we failed. So now we have to do another one. And one technique I'll use on smaller quantities is I'll say, let's do another 32-piece study. All right, even though I know it's going to fail. Yeah. All right. But that pretty soon I got 60, 63 good parts. And I'll say, let's do another capability because we're checking them all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And before you know it, everybody's mad because we're not passing the capability study. But we got the order done and we moved on. 
we got the touchdown and we moved on. I like this. So that's how that's how I operate. So, like Rogers Let's said a couple of weeks third. ago, he he said the simplest plays are sometimes the best plays. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I want to I want right. to adhere to that. Right. I'm a fan of that. Right? Why did Jordan Love have like five awesome plays when he came off the play? They looked pretty simple. I'll guarantee you what. There was a play called. He went up and he called the play and he ran the play that was called. I'll bet you the defense for the other team. Coordinator was like, what in the hell was that? Yeah. There wasn't any kind of hoodoo, voodoo, or nothing. <laughs> they just ran the play. Yeah, okay. But but anyways, you know, hey, the Packers still got a chance. I'm glad to hear that you're all back into it. Well, um, within reason. Like I, you are. I, here, I, I'm going to get excited about my team, and I'm going to be hopeful for my team. I remain very realistic, but I don't right. want to be Johnny Raincloud every night. That That sucks. No one wants that. But listen, you are going to be able to watch the game. You're going to be able to enjoy it. You're going to be able to root for your team because you're, you still have a chance. You do have a chance. Yeah, and we're going to have America's booth calling that game on Monday night. I miss Joe and Troy calling my team's games. I'm very excited. Yeah, and right, exactly. And, you know, we're all in the same poll. We're going to have to play a team like San Francisco. Even if you get in, you're going to have to play San Francisco, just like the Vikings will. You know, and we're gonna get we're gonna get pummeled. We're gonna get pummeled because they're ten times of more physical than than our teams. It, it's and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Dude, you San, watch San Francisco is so good, Eric. He's so good. They're they're brutal. They are just they want it. They want it bad. They want to put the hurt. Yeah. They want you to hurt. They want to hit that you. Game. The Packers just like. They hope to wrap you up and make you fall over before you get to the first down marker. The 49ers want to stone you where you stand. No breathing room. No no wiggle room. No yards after the catch. One thing I noticed, too, is that they didn't focus on punching at the ball. They focused on punching the player. They punched the player. Interesting. That is what you got to do. You got to punch the player. If you punch the player enough, sooner or later, one will drop it. Yeah, that's what you got. Oh, you so so the the, the, the the fumble will just happen. It's like a watched pot never boils type of situation, Eric. Is that what you're saying? Right. If you keep smashing the ball carrier, sooner or later, some of them are going to drop them. But you sure will stop them. Mm. You'll stop them for sure. So, yeah, so okay. okay. Just my thoughts. Vikings play tomorrow. Got the Colts. We got to play against Maddie Ice. You know, I don't think Maddie Ice has ever been good. Ever. Yeah, I think just, he's ever been good. I'm just not a big Matty Ice. Good. Well, the the one year he was good is when he had Kyle Shanahan, who's obviously now coaching the Niners. He was great that year, but right. we're seeing now with Brock Purdy and other guys, it's like, well, maybe you don't have to be great to succeed in that system. You just need to not mess up. You, you know that that doesn't make him a good quarterback. And and I'm going to defend Kirk Cousins here. You know, Kirk Cousins put together under a really, I'm not going to say a bad head coach, but a not a very you know, a coach that had some bad coaching years. Let's just put it that way, okay? Okay. Um, he put up some pretty good numbers with a coaching staff and a and a coach that was having some bad coaching years, kind of at the end of his role, right? Yeah. And Kirk Cousins now, under a new coach, is playing even better. I, I think he's he's uh, 
So I don't think Matty Ice was ever good, and I don't think he ever will be. So you're and picking your Vikings. what's the deal with – oh, I'm picking the Vikes. I'm picking the Vikes tomorrow. Okay. Um, and what's the deal with – Matty Ice does laundry detergent commercials, right? Something like that, I guess. So does, so does Devontae Adams. You got to chase that check. Yeah, what are they doing, Tide, or, or who is it? Right. I mean, since when are men doing a lot of laundry? Oh, what, what is this, David Monona? Well, I mean, I mean, I do laundry, but <clears throat> really? Laundry soap? Isn't there something else we can come up with? Look, you stew on that this weekend. You watch Matty Ice tomorrow, and you come back on Monday. You tell me I'll what. Watch what Matty Ice. Okay, okay. Matty Ice, I'll tell you what. I, when I'm watching him play, I'd like to be just drinking a bottle of laundry detergent because that's that's the bad taste I get in my mouth when I watch it. I hope the Vikings just stomp them. Well, I hope, I, for really your, I, I hope for your sake that they do. I have to, unfortunately, take a break, Eric, but you have a great weekend. You have a great weekend, too, Grant. Love that, Eric. Appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Let's take one final break. We can respond to that. Uh, Listen to some Jimmy Buffett. Fins up. It's Friday. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We appreciate Eric's call. Kind of a weird, unnecessary comment on laundry detergent. Men can do laundry. I hate doing laundry. Sometimes I just wear dirty clothes. But men can do laundry, Eric. We're talking and have been talking about for the last half hour about Aaron Rodgers and hand signals and this interesting piece at The Athletic that came out. Again, you don't get Aaron Rodgers without some of this stuff, without some of the improvisation, without some of the personalization. I think Rodgers personalizes just about any offense that he's a part of. You don't get the greatness without this. This is part of what makes Aaron Rodgers great. I think also in moments it holds an Aaron Rodgers offense back. I said, I want to remove opportunities for things to go wrong. GWP dad texts in and says, if you want to remove opportunities for things to go wrong, you're basically stuck with a college football offense. Not necessarily. Look, mistakes are going to happen. I don't want to create extra opportunities for mistakes to happen. If a poor throw is picked off, whatever. Someone fumbles, eh, tipped balls, intercepted, that's going to happen. I don't need one play to then turn into another play, to turn into another play, then tweak it with a signal, because now you're just creating opportunities. It's a breeding ground for miscommunication, right? I don't need that. I don't want that. Christian Watson is an unbelievable wide receiver. He doesn't need to know 30 hand signals and a million different route concepts to be successful. He's really big. He's really fast. Get him the ball. Look at what Jordan Love did and Aaron Rodgers has done. Just hand it to him on a rush. Give it to him on a tap pass. Hit him on a slant and let him do the rest. That's why these these really fast, tall, dynamic wide receivers are so great. You don't need to scheme the world for him. Just get him the ball and watch him go. It's what the Niners do with their skilled position players. The simpler is the better. Rodgers talked about that a couple weeks ago, right? Simple is good. I agree. Let's let's simplify, baby. Go read this piece of The Athletic. I'm going to dig into it tonight when I get home. That's a lie. I'll get to it tomorrow, maybe. I'll get to it by Monday. How does 
How does that sound? I promise by Monday I will have read it. Deal. Deal. Have an outstanding weekend. We got football on tomorrow and on Saturday. Bucks play the Jazz on Saturday night. Hopefully they bounce back at home in a big way. I will be back on Monday and we can preview Packers Rams with America's booth on the call. Oh, not going to be able to sleep tonight and tomorrow. That's how excited I'll be. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday at 4. Stepped on a pop top. I cut my heel.